0: You're listening to Running Around Charlotte, presented by the Novant Health Charlotte Marathon, the Queen City's premier road race experience. One day, five events, with a race day distance for every goal and pace. Find out more or register at runcharlotte.com. Now, here are your hosts for Running Around Charlotte,
1: Tim Rhodes and Jeffrey Cooper.
0: Welcome to another edition of the Running Around Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Rhodes, and I'm here with Jeffrey Cooper. Hey, hey. If you've been to a race or organized run of just about any size in the area, you've probably seen the distinctive blue shirts of the runners and volunteers from Running Works. You might know that Running Works has something to do with giving homeless folks purpose through running, but the story and the mission of Running Works and the program goes way beyond that now. Running Works provides career development services, mental health counseling, group therapy, and housing initiatives too. Nobody knows this story better than Meredith DeLari. She's the founder and executive director of Running Works. Thanks for running around with us today, Meredith.
1: Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: So we have known for a long time, but not everybody knows the backstory of Running Works. Please tell us about that.
1: So Running Works was founded seven years ago, April 12th, 2012. And basically, the lead up to Running Works was that I was doing a lot of racing myself, kind of running around, as you say. And I felt like I needed to have more purpose to that, um, pro- partially due to my own personal story. I have significant trauma in my life and substance abuse as a result of that. And I felt a real kinship to the homeless because many of them um, have never had access to care Although they have many of the same issues as I do. So our stories are really more alike than they are different, and my my privilege afforded me access to care. So I felt like um, I really wanted to try and help them, um, you know, through the sport of running, even though I had all of this inpatient treatment and substance abuse care, you know, prolonged exposure to trauma for my sexual trauma. Um, it was running in the end that saved my life and the values accrued through running, you know, discipline, confidence, teamwork, self-respect, re- respect for others, accountability, volunteerism even, um, and those things that we can give back freely to the homeless. So people may look at me and they may look at someone like Lamar, who many people know from running around, I know Tim, Lamar. you know, Lamar very well. Uh, he's, he's been in your store quite a bit, you know, doing packet pickup and other things. He's run three full marathons, 10 half marathons. Um, you know, you look at Lamar and you look at me and, and we look very, very different, but on the inside, our stories are exactly the same. And that's really the the target audience I was trying to hit. And it's been working running, running has actually worked.
0: That's awesome.
2: Yep. So running has been like a really big part of your life then. And what do you think it is about running that makes it something that can help people out of their bad situations or things that they're going through and kind of get them through that?
1: I think running is very cathartic. Uh, For me personally, I'm an ultra runner and I choose point to point races because I find them extremely cathartic, especially for someone like me who has trauma. Um, I've chosen races that are 135 miles in length, even that you're running from point A to point B, like in Death Valley, you know, you Leave something, you know, negative 235 feet below sea level, and you're running to the top of Mount Whitney, and it's really it's registering with me in my head that I'm leaving something behind. I'm shedding it. I'm I'm dropping it in death in Death Valley in Badwater Basin, and then I'm going to the pinnacle of of uh, Mount Whitney, and I'm I'm leaving it there. And I talked to Lamar about things like that. You know, when we start the Charlotte Marathon, which Tim has graciously given us entries to for the last six years you know, about at the start line, think about leaving your issues here and it's going to get hard. It's going to get ugly. Think about all those things, those emotions that you're going to go through, leaving them behind and becoming a different person throughout this race. It's like a beetle, you know, you're shedding that outer skin or a, or a snake or whatever. Um, I think running is you know, it doesn't discriminate. Anybody can run. You can walk, you can, you know, I love going to an Ironman race even and staying out there the entire time. And you can see at the end, those are the real heroes, the people that are finishing in 17 hours that you would never believe could possibly do that. Uh, you know, it's just the great equalizer. It's pretty awesome.
2: So you mentioned, uh, some of the craziest races in the whole world: Badwater 135 and Ironman. Can you tell us a little bit more about your race resume? If you oh. want to say that.
1: Oh well, I mean, my race resume has gone anywhere from I've done twelve Ironman races, including Kona, uh, Ultraman, which is two and a half times the Ironman. It's a three-day race. That's a two hundred. It's a ten-k swim, two hundred and thirty-five mile bike, and a fifty-two point four mile run at the end. Um, I've done the Furnace Creek 508. It's five hundred and eight mile bicycle race twice, which I actually think arguably is one of the hardest <laughs> things in the world because you have to sit on your bike for thirty hours. Yeah. Um, and it's it painful to say the least. Uh that's one that you it's really hard to train for. You have to be on your bike twelve hours at a time to train for it. So it's literally sun up to sundown training for that. Um I really, you know, I love the any distance over a hundred miles running. Um, and a hundred and up is just really it's a hundred miles is hard. But the minute you've done a hundred and then you realize you still have more than fifty k left, the first time it's pretty daunting. Um, my first time was at the Brazil One Thirty Five. And I was out there and there was a girl that had already done bad water and we're in the middle of nowhere in Brazil. I had not done bad water yet, but I was doing the Brazil 135 because I wanted to do bad water and had, it was six months after my spine surgery, which also kind of makes it a little nutty. And she looks at me and she was having a really bad day. And she said, you know, this would be really great if it was a hundred miler. And we're at mile 90 and I hadn't really registered that we still had 45 miles left because mm-hmm. I didn't, I was just going one mile at a time. Yep. I'm like, Oh crap, we have 45 miles left. And she quit. She got in her car right there and she quit. <laughs> and I thought, Oh God, 45 miles left. You know, she really got up in my head with that. So yeah, there, it's, it's hard, but I, that helps me when working with homeless people because for them, you know, they'll run a 5K and then they'll go up in distance and that's. To them, that is 135 miles. You know, a marathon is huge. Coming off a park bench, it's huge. And we've had 15 marathon finishers that are homeless. And think about that. That's Mm -hmm. an amazing, daunting task for someone. And they finish and realize they can get employment and housing. And that they've been on the street for anywhere from two to six to seven years. And they can accomplish something that is, to them, 135 miles. That's that task. And uh, 90% of our people who have finished those races of that magnitude have remained housed and employed. And of our 25 half marathon finishers, 95% of them have remained in employed and housed. And that's an amazing statistic for us. Yeah. It proves that running works.
0: So no pun intended. <laughs> so tell us what uh, what is required for somebody that, to come into the program and what are some of the baseline expectations and how do they incrementally achieve uh, milestones like, hey, I've got housing, I've got, I, I need some type of psychological care or a, a substance abuse care. How, tell us more about that and the program and how people can really get into it and and benefit from it.
1: This is one of the things I'm most proud of having, you know, having been doing this now for seven years. The things that we've learned are huge, just absolutely huge learning about this population. So, you know, in the, in the beginning, pe- we, people thought we were a running club for homeless people. And basically we were because we were learning how the system worked and what what our team members needed. How do we keep them in housing? How do we vet them? How do we learn um What's going to keep them in housing? Because you don't want to just give them how, like, hey, you need housing? Great. Here, well, let's give you a house because it won't work that way. So now our, our tagline is we run, we work, we house. And those that's our three tiers as well. So you see that on the side of our van and you think, oh, we run, we work, we house. It sounds like we do races, we get them a job, and then we get them a house. That's not, that's not how it works. So there's like a little play on words there. In the we run section, so let's say a new person comes in. That means we're initially getting their paperwork in order. Do you have ID? Do you have a social security card? Do you have a record? Um, Do you have evictions on your record? Um, What kind of thing is going to prohibit us from being able to help you with housing? How bad is it? Um, Also, right now, because of the culture on the street, we want to know what kind of things do you have on your record and and. Let's get a complete baseline so that you can come to our open office hours, which are now every day. We're open every single day of the week. And that's new too. We weren't big enough to be open every single day of the week before. Now, every day we're open from nine to one. And then after that, we have staff in the office too for, we have caseworkers now, social workers that are there every day until four o'clock, which is very cool. Um, So that initial, you know, what are your needs is the we run section. Um, Also... That's allowing them to sign up to be able to come to races, to be able to volunteer. that's when we when the rubber hits the road. we see who's going to come back, who's committed, who's willing to fill out paperwork because they all have trust issues. Um so we want to see you know are you willing really willing to commit to running works? you know are you one of our people that we can help in the we work section? I like to say it works if you work it. It's not just that we're helping you find employment it's that you're willing to work our program, which I say is also arguably the most structured program in the Carolinas because we are making you work for it. You are not going to get any handouts and running works. You know, we're trying to figure out, do you need clothing? Do you need shoes? Do you need interview clothes? What kind of job do you want? What is your skill set? You know, are you a skilled worker? Can we help you get, um, can we put you in a trade school? If, that, if you are um, someone that can be an electrician, work HVAC, um, can you... There's all sorts of things that, you know, can you be a janitor? Can you get along with others? <laughs> you, know, you know, can you play well with others? That's a huge piece of it. Um, but if we can get somebody employed right away, that's a big piece of it. Because employment is going to take them right into the We House section. In the we work section, we're also doing assessments. That's the mental health piece. Um, we have, to, we have our, our mental health partners, Genesis Project 1 they are at our office every single day now. We have a licensed professional counselor and peer mentors every single day at our office. So we're pairing the new people off with a... Peer mentor every single day when they come in, they've got somebody that's helping them fill out paperwork. We're finding out if they need SSI and SSDI, that's disability, because there's so much paperwork with that. It's amazing. Do you have a court case that I need to go with you to? Because I've spent a lot of time in court, actually. People don't realize that. Because when you go to court and you've got me on your side, you're probably going to get a lot of help. The The judges actually take note. If you have somebody that's there that's helping you, then yeah. rather than going in alone, you have... Mm-hmm. You know, you have somebody on your side um, and that can speak for you because they'll let me stand up and speak on your behalf. Um, I've
0: seen that work, too. It I, works I've so much better with, with people as well. And, you know, that's one of the things they want to know is if you have a support mm-hmm. system around you and if you do, that's what are one we step doing in the you? right direction versus right. no, I'm by myself. Mm-hmm. Well, you're more likely to go, go back to into your old your ways. Old, old ways. Mm-hmm. And so I, I've seen that. That's. And, and the
1: other thing we're trying to identify: Do you have a substance abuse issue? So if you have a substance abuse issue, which is pretty apparent, if they, you know, if they're coming in high or they're coming in drunk or they look hungover, I mean, mm-hmm. because I'm in recovery, it's pretty easy to, you know, either name that drug, tell that they're drunk, or you know, sit them down and be like, okay, what's going on? You know, do we need to go to a meeting? Do, what kind of what kind of help do we need to help you get? Do we need to put you in detox, which we also do. Um, so those kind of things are huge. The middle section that we work section is huge because to move into the, we house section that takes a lot of trust on our part right now. We're paying 31 rents at the beginning of every single month.
2: That's incredible. It's, It's huge
1: up front. So we have to really invest carefully in the people we're choosing to put in housing. That's why we put them through the ringer on the front part because we have to really be able to trust that they're going to pay their portion of the rent because we're paying it all up front. Cause we work on a master lease program. We are not doing vouchers at all um, for furniture or otherwise. So the way our housing program works is like I said, we're paying all the rents up front and then each person has an individual deal worked out with us. You have to make over at least a thousand dollars a month and then you're rent is scalable. So it's, you know, it's, it's subsidized and you either pay up to you know, 30%, then 60%, then 80%, you know, 75%, then hopefully up to, you know, 90 to hundred percent. And we want to be able to flip that over to you. So you're self-sufficient within 12 to 18 months. True. And that's pretty amazing because we're not saying, okay, you're on a voucher forever. We want you to be self-sufficient and we're not sending people out to the middle of nowhere with no support we see our people four and five times a week so that they're not that's what i don't like about the voucher program they go out in the middle of nowhere they have no support they relapse mm-hmm. they're getting taken care of you know their rent's just paid um with the voucher our people have to come back and they have to pay every portion of their rent and or we're on them like white on rice you know i mean <laughs> yes. we're all over them and they have to go to mental health groups one-on-one counseling once a week, um, plus the program and volunteer at your races on the weekend. Yeah. So all of those things.
0: Wow. And they're out there early.
1: And Oh, that's, that's <laughs> intentional. Race. So Every we get race. them out there. They're waiting at our door at five 30 in the morning. That's great. Which is, you know, no one believes that, but they are actually waiting at our door at five 30 in the morning.
0: And as a race director, um, I enjoy working with them and I've gotten to know some of them and there it, it is a ragtag bunch of personalities and they all have and I've got my issues so I you know we're all we're all out there and as do you know, I so, mm-hmm. and, and sometimes you'll get the nice Lamar and sometimes you'll get the Lamar that's just a little off track that morning and um but but they're all people they're human beings and they you know they matter and so, it's um it's good to see them out there, and they all know what to do too. And and you know they Lamar calls me Mr. Rhodes all the time. I'm like, don't call me Mr. Rhodes. Just you can call me Tim. He still okay. calls me
1: Miss Meredith. Oh,
0: okay, okay, not call Rhodes.
2: me Mr. Cooper. What's,
0: what's going on? <laughs> yeah. But um, but you know they it, it, it's nice because they do have good good work habits. You know they'll come up to me and they'll say, what else can I do? Mm-hmm. And I it's something I'm still trying to teach my kids. What can I do to help? You know, those are, the, those are the six best words you can come into a situation and, and ask is, what can I do to help? I think that's six words. But... We, we
1: actually were today at the program, we were laughing about how, how far they've come in restaurants because after each race, we take them to a meal. And we intentionally go to a sit-down restaurant so that they can practice their manners because it's all about reentry into society, about learning social skills. And that's something, you know, you get a voucher, you're just stuck out in an apartment. You're not doing that. Mm-hmm. So we go to, you know, bricks or we go to, you know, somewhere where they have to order. And today, you know, somewhat our person teaching the life skill was like, why do you think Miss Meredith takes you to? Um, takes you to a restaurant to order. And somebody goes, so we don't go, give me a Coke. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and, that's exactly, and I said, yes, uh, how how are you supposed to say it, Craig? And he goes, may I please have a Coke? Thank you. And it was really funny because they know exactly. And mm-hmm. they've gotten so much better just over the years. Yep. They all know. And then I, I said, then what do I say? And they go, cute and cuddly, boys, cute and cuddly. I mean, they're hilarious.
2: Yep, that's way better than me. You yeah, give me after funny. a long run, all of a sudden, I'm, give me a Coke. Look, yeah. just give me it Now <laughs> yeah, right now.
1: Yeah, so, they've got great senses of humor. And I mean, it's all about challenging the stigma associated with the homeless, too. When we show up at races and everybody has new shoes on and they've got their hoodies and they're matching and um, hopefully have good attitudes, which, like you said, it's not always. But mm-hmm.
0: it's I think as, as you get to know them, I think they learn. You talked about trust and I, relationships are always built on trust. And I think the more they're around me and the more I'm around them, the more we trust each other. And so they they know when to ask and where they can help. And a lot of them just kind of know they don't even have to Mm -hmm. ask anymore. But uh, it's been fun to see that evolve over the last couple of years. You talk about paying rent for 31 different housing units. Sounds expensive. Tell us about your funding. I I would imagine there's not a sugar daddy who's writing a big check for you every month.
1: No, so originally, you know, it this took this evolution took a number of years for people to truly understand that we don't just need running shoes. And it really was a struggle. I'm not I'm not going to lie that this was a struggle for a number of years for people to understand we don't just need running shoes. We don't just need gently used clothes or socks. <laughs> Um, But I think people are really starting to get it that we're housing people and that we're helping with employment and that we do have mental health and that this organization has turned a corner and we're here to stay and that we are legit and that we're changing lives. And um, our funding model, a lot of a big chunk of that is has come from doing 25 races a year where we're the charitable beneficiary. So that is a large chunk. We have very good corporate donors like Trinity Partners um, and Atrium Health Foundation is one of them. Um, and HKB, which is a, a plastic surgery center. They Both of them are on our board, Dr. Cortezus and Dr. Bahardi. Um, but we also get great charitable grants, um, Speedway Children's Charities and um, you know, several others. But We have to really pound the pavement to get all of that done. The Lotus campaign, that's our housing uh, partner. So that works. The great thing about the Lotus campaign, and this was something that was kind of a brainchild with uh, Philip and Mary Ruth Payne. Uh, When I had the idea to start doing, we're the only people in the Lotus campaign that do the master lease program because I firmly believe in the no voucher program. Um, They allow us to waive the security deposit um, fund people and get people into housing that do have a little bit of hair, you know, very bad credit, maybe have something minor on their record. Uh, we wouldn't be able to house these people are not houseable otherwise. Um, and that's why they're that's why they're homeless. They just have something minor that's happened. They've lost their way. And so um, this is it's a huge thing for us to be able to house them. And they give us grants in the ten thousand dollar increments to in order to house them. So And then if something comes up, if we have to evict them or there's some something that happens in the apartment, they, they'll they fund that for us to be able to, to pay for anything that goes wrong or pay for a Duke Power deposit, um, which also gets expensive. So that's where it gets cost prohibitive for a homeless person is if they have to pay the first month's rent and the security deposit. So if your rent's $800, you have to pay another $800 to match that $1,600 going in. for Duke Power, $200 for Piedmont Natural Gas because you have bad credit and you have to pay two deposits, you already get two grand up front. It's ridiculous. Nobody can pay that. Not one of them. So that's huge.
0: I mean, it's challenging enough for Mm -hmm. people who are in in the the mainstream of workflow to come up with that kind of security deposit for... Utilities and rent and everything else,
1: plus groceries,
0: plus your groceries, right? And I would imagine and
1: transportation. I would mm-hmm. imagine
0: a lot of your places are on main transportation mm-hmm. routes. We so always
1: look for the bus bus lines. Bus right. lines,
0: yeah. So it's not just as easy as what you and I might be able to do, which is walk up to a place, fill out an application, mm-hmm. and be in there next month. Um, it's passing a credit check, passing right. a background check. <laughs> The, so
1: they soften all of that. Yeah. And another thing that we're doing that's very unique, and I, I actually don't know another organization that does this this way, is because of a, of the transportation issues. One thing that we're doing that is also focused around your races. So this might be interesting for your listeners: is we work everything on a point system for transportation. So all of our runners and our people, our team members, are working on a point system for transportation where if they come to your race and they volunteer, they get two points. If they come to every one of our programs, they get one point. If they come to their mental health appointments, they get another two points. If they come to a mental health group, they get two points. At the end of the month, let's say there were a total of 15 points available. If they make 60% of those points for the month, they get a monthly bus pass. So your your races are factored into that. And it's huge because if they're volunteering and they have the accountability, so accountability and volunteerism are two major core values for us. And they can retroactively for that month get an eighty eight dollar bus pass that gets them to housing, that gets them to reconnect with family, which is huge. That's great for depression. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. That gets them to their employment and their health care. And all of that turns everything on its head. It's a social determinant to health, um, all of those things. So the five social determinants to health and poverty are housing, transportation, food security, interpersonal safety, and employment. And that transportation one is huge. And most of the time with our people, all five are out of whack. That's why we work on all five of those things.
0: Right. That's awesome. How big? Tell me about the staff at Running Works. I know Matt and Matt are involved in... <laughs> Matt, mats, squared. Both yeah. Yeah. Matt squared, yeah.
1: Matt squared. squared. So yes, uh, like I said, it's very exciting. We just hired two more people. Uh, so they'll, they're on for the long haul. We have two masters of social work interns that are our case managers now because we've grown so much and our, our caseload has gotten so big that, you know, you've got me at the, that's kind of doing all the funding and, um, running around and talking to people. I do a lot of public speaking, speaking to schools and, challenging the stigma associated with the homeless, trying to get the word out about what exactly we are doing at running works that we're not just, you know, running around. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're for running around. Words. We're You're not just, around. Yeah, around. We're not just running around. Not just running around. But then you've got Matt Sharp, who's our COO, Matt Elliott, who's our program director, and he's a sub four at miler. for those of you who don't know. So he's a great person to have because he knows a lot about running. But he's also these the two Mats are the single most organized those two, are they have an organization fight because they are so organized. And then you've got me who's the confetti, and they're com- constantly putting the confetti in the box because I'm the visionary idea person. And thank God we've got on my right and my left hand two very organized people because I'm just like, poof.
2: Yep, um, I then, can relate.
1: Yeah, so <laughs> we need that. Then Michaela Aduckett has been with me for, gosh, going on five years now, and she was the first person I ever hired and she is kind of, she wears a lot of hats and she's very creative also. Um, you know, she does our grant writing, uh, marketing. She's our housing director now. Um, she's very, very, very good at that. So, you know, we kind of do those things together, but she's the one who's putting all those pieces in the puzzle um, and and is very good at it. Now we have the two case managers uh, who are new and their names are Nicole and Adriana. And what one person that I'm most excited about that has never happened before. We hired one of our own, one of our team members, formerly homeless. His name's Abraham. I think, you know, Abraham, know Abraham, yeah. he is doing such a good job. He's our program coordinator and office manager. So he's in the office every single day. He wears a lot of hats. He takes in all the donations, organizes them in the office he is a peer mentor. So he helps people with their resumes. He helps them find jobs. Um, sometimes there's a little, you know, cause he used to be one of them and now he's a little above one of them. He's learning, you know, to navigate that leadership role mm-hmm. in a, you know, kind of a not a self important way. Um, but he's doing a fantastic job and. He lives about a block from the office, so he's also, when when we have tutoring with some of the kids, he comes over, he lets them in. We have a kid that comes in from Country Day and tutors some of our younger kids, and now their grades have gone up, and Abraham facilitates all of that. So we've got a lot going on at Running Works, but that's our staff, and it's pretty cool. We also have Abraham and one other of our team members on the board. Steve. You know Steve? I know Steve Steve's on our board. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I love Steve, and, uh, you know, Steve is... Um, an example of, you just, there was a time in his life where you wouldn't see what was ahead coming for him and just went through a very difficult time and kind of lost everything. And, you know, he's one of the most genuine, nice, easy, Mm -hmm. fun guys to be around, but he has those challenges that you know that he still has Mm -hmm. to sort through every day but um you know he and i went to a football game last year and we had a great time yeah that was that i he's i consider him a friend first before anything else you know i don't consider him anything else and you know i think he's he's someone that um i think he gets it you know he gets it and he 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 understands the challenges and he's every day's uh you know uh, uh, he's very aware of what his challenges it, er, every day but uh, I enjoy being around him and we enjoy having him at the store and people come in and do pack a up. I know Robin says oh Steve's here good I can relax mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: he's very smart yeah. at one point he was managing you know four hundred fifty five hundred people at IBM so he's he's very very bright and not only that Steve is one of the funniest people that you will ever meet so I have a little section in my phone where I write down Steve's one liners that come out during <laughs> I actually have a whole section on lots of one-liners from Running Works, yeah. but Steve is one of the people that is very quotable. Mm-hmm. So it, he keeps me laughing.
2: Well, good. So I'm not going to lie. I was definitely in that group of people who thought all you guys needed was shoes and <laughs> socks and I would okay. always donate shoes and socks and oh, we
1: appreciate that too. a few
2: like, gently used clothes. But um, can you talk a little bit more about what Runners in Charlotte can do and like how they've been volunteering with you or how they can be more active with your group?
1: I mean, I think one thing, if, if anyone ever has volunteered with Running Works, we're pretty proud to say, I don't think anyone's ever come just once, once they get the bug and you come to Running Works, you realize how much fun it is and that you're not just handing a meal and walking away. You get to engage with our population and get to know the people, you know, a lot of the people that I've just mentioned and that Tim knows, some of them have been here for six, seven years and, and they come back and they're paying it forward and that's why they're still there. They have housing, they have employment and they're still there. And we have an influx of new people, some some domestic violence victims and people that really need our help. Um, so if you're listening and you have an issue that you've dealt with and you feel like you can come in and give a, a hand or a, you know something that you can share, we're always open to having somebody come in and do a life skill uh, we'd love for you to come out and volunteer at races. We're always looking for that. You can follow us at Running Works on Instagram, uh, Running Works Twelve on Facebook, at Running Underscore Works on Twitter. Uh, we are constantly on the move. We are mm-hmm. constantly running around. No joke. So we really are. We are. Uh, we've got races all the time. On June fifth, we have our twelve-hour run to end homelessness. This is our fourth year doing that. It's from the corner of Trade and Tryon and One Mile Increments.
2: And that's Global Running Day, Global right? Global
1: Running Day, Wednesday, June 5th. We will be out there from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. at Polk Park. That's the side of Trade and Tryon that has the clock. Um, you can look on our website at runningworks.org for more information on that. And we are actually, we have a fundraising component for that this year. So it's real simple. We're just having teams. And you can have a team of 10 where all 10 people um, are trying to ask 10 people for $20. And that adds up really quick. So you got 10 people asking 10 people for $20. And that's all going towards our housing program. So you can help get, you know, we're trying to get eight people off the off the street. And one person in our program off the street is $7,300 for an entire year. Um, In to give you a frame of reference, when Charlotte Housing Authority does that, it's 12,000, actually $14,300. We've cut that in half. If you leave a homeless person on the street and you don't do anything, it's $40,000 for one homeless person, for ER visits, um, for all kind for jail, for all the things that happen within a home, for a homeless person, police calls, um, (laughs) you know, all the havoc that is raised within one year with one homeless person, it costs $40,000 taxpayer money.
2: Mm-hmm. We absolutely love all of the stuff you're doing for the homeless, and yeah. just trying to raise that stigma and trying to keep people aware of what is going on and how these are still people. These, this could be you. So oh, we really appreciate that. Go I. Yep.
1: Yep. Thank
0: you so much for joining us today for at, uh, running around, and we look forward to seeing you. These you, you'll be out at the American Four Miler is it a oh, yes. Father's Day race. Yeah, there's a Father's up.
1: Day race on June June 16th, 16th and Sunday. we'll be at the American Four Miler as well.
0: Yep. You can always
1: find me. I've got bright red hair and I usually have a running works hat on
2: (laughs) and you're usually running around. Yes. Yep. All right. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. And we'll see you November 16th. Yes. All right. For sure.
0: The running around Charlotte podcast is presented by the Novant Health Charlotte Marathon. One day, five events with a race day distance for every goal and pace. Registration for the November 16th Novant Health Charlotte Marathon, half marathon, relay, 5k and one mile events is available now at runcharlotte.com. Running Around Charlotte with your host Tim
2: Rhodes and Jeffrey Cooper is produced in partnership with Well Run Media and Marketing. Listen for
1: new episodes of Running Around Charlotte released every week.